Welcome to the Become Inspired podcast by Life on Time. Hello and welcome to the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast. Uh, today uh, we've got Heather Nolt on from a school in Mexico. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the school, Heather. I'm just going to call it the Cat School. <laughs> I don't know whether I don't know whether you want to. Uh, divulge on the actual how you pronounce the name but we've got Heather on she's using our platform at the moment um, but what we're doing in this series is we're just trying to find out and get some um, information and some stories from around the world really on how Covid the pandemic has affected teachers uh, the well-being of students in schools um, and the teaching of PSHE we call we call it PSHE Heather it's um, sort of well-being and personal development lessons um, so yeah, over to you, I guess, Heather. So I don't know whether first off you could maybe just give all of our listeners a bit of a uh, overview of who you are and what you do and where you work. Sure. Hi. Um, I am at the Colegio Americano in Torreon, Mexico. I'm the ethics and education uh, to grade ten students, so they're around fifteen, sixteen. Age okay. group. And, and yeah, yeah. So, and you're—I I guess you're not from Mexico. Though. You're from America or US. Yes, yes. I'm an American teacher. This is my third year here in Mexico now. Okay, and I guess we'll cut straight to the point. How is it in Mexico at the moment? I mean, we're talking sort of end of February here. You know, we're in the UK. It's been pretty terrible, but we're sort of we're doing quite well now by the sounds of it. How's it going over there? Um, I mean, not so great. Uh, Mexico, I think, is currently number three worldwide in deaths. And uh, I looked today, and according to the New York Times, the infection rate of the state I'm in is about one in 60 people. So So that's that's pretty much where we were, I think. That's where Mm -hmm. we've sort of come from. So how what's what's going on at school? Are, Are the kids at school? They have actually opened it for the early childhood and the primary. So those students are back in school. Um, They're doing a hybrid model. So half of the students will come in one week and then the other half the next week. And for secondary, so grades 7 through 12, we're still virtual. Virtual. Okay, so it's all remote learning, which is Mm -hmm. what we've been doing over here for, for some time. And how have you managed to cope with that personally? How are you finding that as a teacher um, doing the remote learning? I, I mean, it's, it's difficult in that um, we've got students staring at computers all day. Our, my class tends to be more interactive and that's hard to replicate online. Um, yeah. And just keeping students interested when they're staring at a computer screen for eight plus hours a day is also a struggle. So yeah. I, I think I think that's one thing that this is what's so interesting is that the, every every country or every every uh, child is feeling the same. Or every teacher is having the same issues. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I've got two kids and, yeah, it's just watching them trying to learn and be on a screen and then go from one screen to another is just it's just it's, it's just hard to watch really um what mm-hmm. strategies have you used to try and support the students remotely and you know look after their well-being um i have been using the life on time and i found it 
super helpful kind of with mood tracking and with the wellness survey so I can check in when I see students dip. Um, actually, before I had this call, was talking to one of my students because um, I got a notification that uh, she wasn't doing so great. And so set up a Google meet with her to check in and we're going to go forward doing weekly meets just to keep track of her because it's stressful. She's home all day and luckily she's able to get out and dance for a little bit to have some kind of outlet. But yeah. for the students who don't, and they're just, they're home all the time. Yeah. So. And I, when we when we spoke um, a little while ago, you said that actually that because the lockdown rules were so so lax over there, some of the kids were still sort of out and about doing things. Is that still the case or has it got more serious? Oh, no. Yeah, there are, there are no official rules. We're not on lockdown. Everything is still open, including restaurants. Um, I think some really? of them are trying to do limited seating but yeah there's and I will say that unlike the U.S. there doesn't seem to be the big pushback against wearing masks um like before I go into the grocery store they take my temperature I get squirted with hand sanitizer um and you're not allowed in without a mask and so there isn't that fight here but Testing here costs around $100 to get tested. There's no free testing anywhere. And that's, I think, the biggest problem is because you have so many people who can't afford to get tested. So they don't know if they have it and they can be out spreading it. And then that's just incredible. That's just incredible because for us over here, you know, we've, we're all fairly negative. We've all been in lockdown for so long, but actually, we, you know, testing is, is really come on over here and, you know, you can get one straight away pretty much. So, and that that's must be why it's obviously why it is going up over there. Cause they, if you can't test then by the sounds of it, that's not a, a good thing. What about vaccinations? Are they vaccinating over there yet? Um, I think they're starting. One of my students actually missed class to get her vaccine. And I'm kind of like, why are you getting this instead of. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so That's incredible. Uh... Yeah, we're actually in my methods of investigation class. We're starting a research project and quite a few of my students have picked the topic of COVID and how they disagree with how the Mexican government is handling it. Um, Mexico is fairly well known for corruption and it seems like that's definitely the case with the vaccine and who's getting it and who's not getting it. Um, I think if you definitely, if you have money, the chances are you're going to get it a lot sooner than those who don't. So that's another issue here. Yeah, that's tough. So, I mean, what extra pressure have you felt? I mean, obviously talking personally about COVID and, you know, as a teacher and what, what sort of pressure has it brought to your role? Um, well, for a while they were actually going to try to open the secondary school and have the students back in and, we asked about, you know, can we at least have the students have a negative test before they come back in person? And we are told that's not an option. Um, so it's more just kind of the risk to teachers personally. Luckily, yeah. that didn't happen. I think the government told them they couldn't open the school because I think they would have done it if they could have been, if they could have 
gotten high school back we're, in we're, we're, now in that, we're, we're now in that scenario here that they are opening secondary schools from the 8th of March uh, mm-hmm. and teachers haven't been vaccinated so they're not on the top priority list so that is a that is one thing over here that is is not being looked at upon uh, very well by teachers which you know I think I get um that you know that if if we're being expected or teachers expected to teach then they they should be pushed up the queue um so what have you I mean have you had enough do you feel like you've had enough resources over there to be able to teach remotely I mean do they do the kids all have lap, uh, laptops at home and do you have enough you know resource to be able to do it um, I, in that respect, I am lucky. The school I'm at is a private school, so the majority of the students come from fairly well-off backgrounds. Um, so they all do have devices. Uh, the biggest problem is just general infrastructure here in Mexico issues. The power, the internet can cut out at any time. But, you know, <laughs> that's obviously outside of any. You can't control that, can you? I can't control yeah. that. And that happened before COVID, it'll probably happen after. So, um, but I don't have to worry about students, you know, not having a device. And there may be kind of minor internet issues, but nothing like they don't have internet. So in that respect, we are lucky. Um, As far as resources for online teaching, I think we're doing okay. Uh, I have paid out of pocket for a couple of resources I've found that have worked well with students. Um, but that was my choice. It wasn't something that school mandated. And, you know, I did that because it's a way of engaging students in a different way. Like they're still staring at a screen, but it's a little more interactive. So yeah, sure. Felt like it was worth the cost. Do your do you, does your school hold well-being and mental health and that type of thing uh, in high regard? I mean, is that something that they look at? Um, this year, no. Last year, when we first went on lockdown, because our when we went remote, our school shut down in the middle of March. Uh, we were doing we had a wellness Wednesday where students could check in with school counselors, and there were meditation workshops and you know, how to reduce stress. Uh, but this year that wasn't continued. So no. Oh, wow. Okay. And why do you, why do you think that was? Um, we shifted the way that we were doing our online teaching. Um, last year as teachers, we had to post a lesson that the students could do on their own whenever they wanted. So it was asynchronous. We weren't actually holding classes and this year we are holding classes. So the students have to log in at a certain time. We take attendance. And so there's just no more space for the wellness. No more space. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they will put that back in. Um, They keep saying that opening the school is the best thing for the students. And they keep citing data from like the CDC, but they're using data for smaller children to justify opening the high school. Because um, I guess I guess if it's a private school, this is where private schools, I think, are having finding a challenge is that obviously the, the parents are paying money for their kids to go to a school and the school shut, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I guess the governors of the school, the directors are, are desperate for the school to be open. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, as the economy 
shifts, uh, fewer families can afford to pay to go here. So there is an issue of, you know, one day you just, a student won't be able to log in and it's because their family hasn't paid. So that's something that the school's yeah. definitely dealing with, you know, as a lot of people are like money's an issue and you have to be able to pay your bills, but feeding your family and having a place to live are first priorities, of course. Yeah, definitely. So what, what would you say, so turning things more positive over the last 12 months during the pandemic, what have you done or what, you know, what's, what have you found most useful? Uh, and I'm not asking for a plug for our platform <laughs> here, by the way. What, I, I'm just generally interested, you know, what through remote learning, is there anything that you can say to the listeners out there, fellow teachers around the world that you found that uh, really useful? Um, first, I've taught here for three years. So I currently teach 10th grade, but the students who are currently in 12th grade and 11th grade are former students of mine. And I actually have a WhatsApp group where I can check in with them um, outside of school and just send a quick message to say, how are things? And they can message me back. Um, And I found that helpful to kind of keep track of people and just check in with them. Wow. So you've got a WhatsApp group with your your kids Uh in your class? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And do you find that do you you've had no negatives from that? That's all being fit positive, has it? So you know you can keep track on them, and they don't mind that, and you don't mind them bothering you maybe outside of school hours. I yeah, guess. no, they're all super respectful. Um, it kind of started when we first went virtual, and some of the students were like, "Well, we don't like to check email, or we don't like to do this," and. I wanted a way to keep track of them instead of forcing them to use like this one platform, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you use WhatsApp. So let's use that. And I haven't had any issues. I haven't, the students have been super respectful, respectful. Um, And I'll just maybe send a message kind of once a week, once every two weeks to just say like, Hey, I just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. If anything's up, just send me a message. And that's worked out really well so that's yeah cool. and what what are your plans for the sort of for the future so with when things come back to a bit more normality have you got any ideas for support or strategies moving forward um well I will so I'm going to move back to the U.S. where I will be able to get vaccinated so that's one thing that will be nice is that the reason so yeah I mean it, is that the reason why you're leaving because you want to move back and get back to um that's definitely come out of it like you know being in a foreign country during the pandemic has made me realize there are just things I miss and you know not being able to travel was one of the huge reasons why I was living overseas so um it just makes sense to go back um I am I'm looking at getting back into teaching but I'm also looking at non-teaching careers um and I will say the schools that I have looked at, uh, they have policies and procedures in place as far as mitigating risks and things along those lines that are very nice, but they also have wellness programs in place and they have flex time where a student can do a meditation or do an exercise class or whatever that student feels like they need for that day, which I also really like. 
So what was that called? That sounds really cool. So flex class, did you say? Yeah, like flex class or flex time. So it was just time built into the day where it was get away from a screen, go do something that you feel is going to serve you during this time. So, and I, I like the... That sounds like a, that sounds like something we should, we should definitely employ into the UK if it, if it's not already been employed. Yeah, I think giving students that choice is really is always a good idea because then they don't feel like they're forced to do something and they can pick what they feel like they need for that time. So, yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. Thanks for your uh, for your help here and your guidance. That's really interesting. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy listening to that um, and just get some perspective as well on, you know, what's going on around the country, uh, the UK. We've had a real torrid time, but I think there's pretty much most countries have been hit by this. Um, so, yeah, I wish you well and I hope you yeah, stay safe. Thank you. You too. You too. If you are looking to improve well-being and personal development at your school, then trial our UHQ platform for free. It's built with teachers and schools in mind. It can help improve student and teacher well-being and personal development. It can measure impact. It can manage new and existing PSHE resources. It offers 24-7 remote learning. It has access to innovative well-being teaching resources created by health professionals. And it allows you to monitor the mood of your teachers and students with our mood indicator tool and surveys. For more information, visit www.lifeontime.co.uk. You have been listening to the Become Inspired podcast by Life on Time. For more information, please visit our website lifeontime.co.uk